Welcome to Vet Club. It's time for Vet Books. Vet Books, chapter 19, Vet Which Books 20. It's Vet Books 20. <laughs> yeah. 20 of these. We only have like 600 more to go, right? There's so many chapters. There are, how many? Hang on. I'm going to sneak ahead and look to see how so many. Did you just there like are. each criticalist in the country got to write one chapter? No, there's way more criticalists than there are chapters. But let's see. What, what oh, chapter? There's a lot of chapters. Chapter, is that 211 might be the last one? 211 chapters. We're 10% through. Almost 10% through. Next chapter will be 10%. Um, anyway, <laughs> that was a fun little detour. So this chapter, uh, chapter 19, um, uh, just to remind everybody, the Small Animal Critical Care Medicine, second edition, this is tracheal trauma. And this one is written by David Holt, who is a surgeon. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, which makes more sense. I was, so I'll just start with, I was kind of surprised that they devoted a whole chapter to this. Um, but I mean, cool. Mm-hmm. These cases, I think probably because these cases like, uh, get like people get kind of, I'm uncomfortable with this. That's the sound they make. Yeah. Ugh. Why are they uncomfortable? Because they don't know what to do. Probably because there's no book chapters on it or there didn't used to be maybe. They just like um, shove a tube down their throat. Yes. You should shove it as aggressively as you can. I mean, gently shove a tube down their throat. <laughs> um, that's part of it. But yeah, sometimes it depends. So totally the answer is it depends. Yeah, you'd be really good at it, shoving things and other things. Um, so this one's specifically tracheal trauma. Um, and so the chapter, you know, is basically like, what are the kinds of things that cause tracheal trauma? What are the kind of things that cause tracheal trauma, Tover? Um, Did you read the chapter? No, I didn't. <laughs> Me neither. The type of things <laughs> that cause hot soup. That's incorrect. What? Okay, Whatever. you've missed one question. Let's see how you do in the rest. <laughs> um, Don't overthink this one. There's an obvious one. Trauma. But, like what kind? Uh, like dog bites? Yeah. Dogs like and it's, ac- it's the neck region is, you know, if you're going in for the kill, right? Like so if it's an animal that's trying to kill another animal, neck wounds are pretty common. And since like major blood vessels are here, but the, um, the airway, so the trachea runs down the middle of the neck. Um, so uh, that would probably be one of the more common... Um, <laughs> Did you ever crazy. see the movie uh, McGruber? It's like an SNL skit. I, that, I know yeah. it, but I haven't seen the movie, no. So his like, like go-to move is to rip people's tracheas out. I That's think he might say throat. But. <laughs> yeah, throat's but probably It's right. just a ridiculous season. Because they don't believe, like he's a, he's supposed to be like a super MacGyver. Yeah. And then he's talking up all this That's stuff and they don't believe that he can do anything. And then there's a scene where he does it and they're like, what? what? Okay. Have you seen Roadhouse? Yeah. That's how he kills the guy in Roadhouse too. That's like the whole thing where he rips the guy's throat out. Oh yeah. In McGruber they show it. Yeah. They show it in Roadhouse oh, too. Yeah, I forget that scene. Yeah. They talk about it in the beginning and the very end. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Uh, that's if you haven't seen Roadhouse by now. Then You're not going to. Yeah. It's okay. You don't. Stop listening to this podcast. I had a thought when you brought up McGruber that at some point we should go back and go through all of the podcasts and figure out how many of them we did not make some sort of reference to a movie. Well, we got to make it relatable. Yeah, but I, well, I would guess that there are fewer episodes in which there isn't a movie reference made versus the ones yeah. where there is. I don't know anything about veterinary medicine. <laughs> I know a lot about movies. But I don't know if the people listening are of the generation where MacGruber and Roadhouse were really high on the list of movies they watched. Anyhow, where were we? So things that can cause tracheal injury. If uh, Patrick Swayze, or who's the actor that plays MacGruber? I can't think of his name. I don't know. Some SNL comedian. All right. If Patrick Swayze or MacGruber 
happen to rip your throat out, that probably will go pretty poorly. Um, so yeah, bite wounds, um, trauma from oftentimes bite wounds can cause tracheal trauma. The other one that I don't expect you to ever guess in a million years, maybe in a million, in a million years, you'd probably guess eventually, but it'd probably take like at least half of those million years before yeah. you'd come up with this. So just you know when you were going to shove that tube down the throat, that yeah. endotracheal tube? Well, most endotracheal tubes have a little cuff, a little balloon on the end that you inflate and that holds them in place. So it's this soft, pillowy little cuff. Um, but what can happen is either that gets overinflated and then you burst the trachea, or what I've seen more than anything else is um, <clears throat> animals, usually small animals, often cats, that are under anesthesia, so they have the endotracheal tube in and the cuff has been inflated and the, the animal gets moved around without disconnecting the endotracheal tube from the circuit that they're hooked up to, the breathing circuit. And the, the, that circuit has a fair bit of, you know, basically you cause a lot of torque um, mm -hmm. if you don't either deflate the cuff or dis really disconnecting it is what you should do. Um, and what happens is it's kind of caused like a twisting. Like if you move the head around of that patient without disconnecting things yeah. when you're repositioning them, it's like, um, you know, twisting Torsion. like your arm. Yeah. In the opposite direction and it tears the trachea. Um, so those are probably the two most common ways that that can happen. Um, and so, yeah, uh, the, the trauma ones, like the direct, like external trauma, like a dog bites another dog's neck or a cat's neck, you can usually see the evidence of that. <laughs> there are wounds, there are puncture wounds, there's blood, like it's, it's a thing. Um, the the ones that happen after an anesthetic event from the endotracheal uh, cuff being either overinflated or the patient being moved inappropriately, excuse me, um, those, you don't know about them right away. That's the sucky part is that like, you don't know when it happens. Yeah. Um, it's not like there's like a loud pop that you're gonna be like, oh no, we broke the trachea. It doesn't happen. So usually those signs don't develop, depending on how severe the tear is, it can be like days to a week later before you notice anything. And do you know what, this, this part's actually kind of cool, what signs you might notice? Uh, poor breathing. Maybe, but actually even before that, you'll see what's called subcutaneous emphysema. And that just means a buildup of air under the skin, yeah. which is sort of cool. So I mean, it's like it's a not, bubble bruise? Sure, yeah. I mean, it's not really a bruise. It's just a bubble. And so like these animals will come in and it seems fake, right? Like it seems like this isn't a thing that happens, but like a cat will come in or a dog will come in and it's all puffed up and swollen, but if you put, it's air. And it's like, it's like you've turned the animal into a balloon animal. <laughs> And it's like, and you push and you're like, yep, that's air. And the x-rays on these patients are amazing because it's basically like, here's the animal. And then there's like this gap of air. And then there's like an outline where the skin is. So there's just a gap, sometimes of like multiple inches um, because a lot of air can build up. So they get subcutaneous emphysema, um, which is oftentimes the tip off that there's a problem um, in, the, in the trachea. So that's, uh, that's if it's in the neck region. Um, so it does depend on where the tear is. Um, it could be, it could be elsewhere and you won't necessarily see the obvious subcutaneous emphysema, but, um, that can happen if it's like deeper in the trachea, you might not see that. Um, okay. What do you think you do about a tracheal tear or take your, some sort of damage to the trachea? Glue. Probably not. Oh, I thought you were going to say, now oh, that's right. <laughs> no. Um, no. uh, 
is my favorite answer. Just wait. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So the answer is it depends. Um, and if they're small tears, they'll often heal it up depends. on their own. Yeah. Yeah. It'll- lame answer yeah it's usually the right answer when it comes to medicine so um it depends if it's a small tear and everything else is healthy it'll like the air will leak out um and you'll get the subcutaneous emphysema but sometimes by the time you've recognized the subq emphysema the trachea itself is already mostly healed if it's a really big tear and there's a big gap and it'll take longer. They sometimes need surgery to correct them, which is why a surgeon wrote this chapter. Um, it's the surgeon's fault and then they have to fix it. So, yeah, it's actually, pro- well, probably not the surgeon's fault. Although they may have been requesting to move the patient multiple times. And so, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. say it was the surgeon's fault. Jerks. That sounds fair. Um, but they're like, you know what I haven't done in a while? I haven't done a tracheal repair. Let's twist this patient around. Um, no, that never happens. No surgeon ever has done that in the history of surgery. Maybe not in the history, but it's not likely. Okay, so um, the clinical signs, again, could be the sub-Q emphysema, um, or as you had said, they might have breathing troubles. Um, and if there's a lot of swelling or issues there, like definitely is a problem. You do need the trachea to be a conduit from the mouth, the outside world to get air into the lungs. Yeah, it's like when your um, straw is broken on your soda. It just doesn't- It doesn't work very doesn't well. Work well. Yeah, and air will leak out. And the thing is, it's instead of leaking back out into the atmosphere, it will leak into the patient. Um, so the ones that probably freak people out more than anything are going to be the, um, the bite wound ones, the ones that come in with neck trauma. Um, of course you you just need to treat these patients like any other patient. If they are in distress, if they are in shock, you have to treat the shock, all that kind of stuff. The specific things to think about is if they're in respiratory distress, they're having trouble breathing and you think it's because of the damage to the trachea, what, you're gonna, what you said at the beginning, you're gonna violently shove a tube yeah. down there. No, you're gonna very gently. Um, Is there like a them. lube that they use for that? Or you just like, just you can, push it? you can use sterile lube. Um, but the idea is the um, the tube should be smaller than the, the, the tube that you put in should be smaller than the tube you're putting it in. So the trachea. And in this case, you actually normally, in a healthy patient with a normal trachea, you want it to be a fairly snug fit. Um, what do they use for the tubes? Is it like a vinyl? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it really like floppy or is it stiff? No, it's stiff. It's pretty stiff. Yeah, I, can have, I would think that that would be kind of the... So some like people the will You worry about like, like popping through the other side when you shove it in. Yeah, it's actually, um, if there's a hole, that's a possibility. Um, and if you use too small of one, it could be, but not super likely um, <clears throat> because the trachea itself is also pretty stiff. So it's made up of rings of cartilage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's pretty hard to like poke out of that and you'd have to be trying pretty hard. But if you think there's a tracheal tear, you know there's like a tracheal damage, you're gonna wanna use a tube that's smaller than you would normally use just to get an open airway and just to make sure air can flow. Okay, the kitten is being really cute right now. I've got, I'm sitting on a chair um, and I've got a blanket in my lap and the blanket is creating a sort of fort. And so Hippo, our bad cat, is like sitting under my legs, like he's wrapping him in between my feet because apparently he likes the pillow fort until as with most things, if you point out something cute he is doing, he immediately stops doing the cute thing. Anyway, he was sort of tickling my legs. Um, So you wanna put a small tube in and just be really gentle um, and that will stabilize, or you know, that should, stabilize them if they're having trouble breathing because of the the damage to the trachea. Now, it may not, depending on where the injury is, and and also if, um, like, there are wounds further, like, deeper into the patient than your 
tracheal tube can reach. Um, that's the patient that is maybe a little bit harder to stabilize. But do you have to do like Sandra Bullock in the heat? Do a tracheotomy? No. They've already got a tracheotomy. That's the problem. <laughs> the problem is that um, the trachea has too many holes in it. Um, so the, putting the tube in will be fine. Like that, that's going to solve the problem that Sandra Bullock tried to solve. She didn't do a good job, but that's, that's going to solve the issue. You've got now an opening because that was an obstruction to the trachea. That's when it's blocked off. Um, so putting the, the tube in the airway will stent it open and everything will be happy from there. But if there are holes in the trachea further than your tube reaches, um, and then air is leaking out, like around the lungs, then you may have to change your game up and, and you might have to do like some more emergency, like exploratory surgery, that kind of stuff. So the main thing is stabilize the patient. Um, do all the normal things you would do to stabilize the patient. The unique things are you may have to um, intubate a patient that, you know, most bite wound patients would not have to immediately intubate. This is one we might have to. Um, you can take x-rays of the chest to look for, you know, pneumothorax, pneumomediastinum, which is air buildup around the lungs or in the space. The mediastinum is the space in front of the lungs, kind of like where all the those important structures in the neck meet, like head down into the chest. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean. So, what do you do in the, the case where it's not the, the bite wound, like client-wise? The one where it's like um, during a procedure. So, it's obviously yeah. like. Yeah, we screwed something. You guys messed up. Is that something that the the hospital should like, pay for? Always pays for all the care for. Or? It should yeah. So, um, so like I've had situations where the a cat comes in and it has all the subcutaneous emphysema and we diagnose it with a tracheal tear. And a week prior, they had a dental. Um, it's it's usually a dental, and the reason it's a dental is because when you're doing a dental, you flip the cat over and over because you're like, I got to get this side of the teeth, I got to get this side, and so you're moving them frequently. And if they're not disconnecting them, so it cat dentals are probably at this is my anecdotal reporting, but I don't know if there's any like publications on this, but procedures like that where you're going to be moving them around a lot. So for me, it's been cat dentals. Um, Yes, the clinic that did the dental probably should be covering the cost of everything from here because that's a preventable problem that shouldn't really have happened. Um, and so that would be my advice to anybody who's out there like, and we all make mistakes, like it ha you know, whatever. We, we do things and things don't go well or a technician forgot to do this and it can happen. But the, the right thing to do, the ethically correct thing to do and probably the legally smart thing to do is for that practice to whoever, whoever did that procedure, <clears throat> whoever was, you know, had that animal under anesthesia and that's the likely cause. It's a hard thing to prove. Like I, like forensically, I can't be like, it was definitely that, but like, that's a pretty big coincidence. This is not a common thing to happen. And so most places will be like, yes, this is why we have liability insurance. We are going to cover the cost of what the treatment is for this. And how often do you see it? Not often. Yeah. Yeah. None of these, whether it's um, a complication after an anesthetic event or even just damage to the neck. Um, neither of them, in my experience, are terribly common. Yeah. It sounds um, like the bite one would have to be pretty tough, too, to bite through. Yeah. Um, you know, if you get a big enough dog um, versus a smaller animal, it doesn't even have to be. But if it's going for the kill. Um, yeah. And probably some of them like, we don't see because they're successful, right? Yeah. Like those ones don't make it to us. Um, and a lot of the other things we see, like one, if you're the animal being attacked, that's what you're going to guard. You're going to try not to get bitten in the neck because that is oftentimes that's like a fatal, you know, place to attack. Um, so fortunately, they're not super common, but we do see them. We do see them for sure. 
it sucks when they happen because they're usually lots of other injuries too. It's not just, it's not like, you know, you, the, the dog goes in with surgical precision and just, just lacerates the trachea and leaves everything else alone. So there's usually lots of other tissue damage and it's messy in there. And I think that's the other thing. One thing I would suggest for people, if there's like wounds or injuries to a patient's neck is like that doesn't mean you don't do normal wound care. Um, people are like, ah, oh, we can't do that. We can't do this because the trachea is involved. No, you can. Um, if you feel like you need to keep them more stable, pass the endotracheal tube gently. Um, you know, uh, you know, get them stabilized. Like get them stabilized, whatever that involves. You know, treating shock, things like that. And then you can do wound exploration and care. And again, a lot of these patients, if it's like a small puncture, they don't need specific treatment. Like close up the trachea. If you just let it heal, like the tissues, close up the tissue around it, that will form a bit of a seal. Um, and they will most likely be fine. Um, but if it's a huge tear or you have like crushed tracheal rings or something that may require more ex extensive treatment, it may require you, you know, transferring that to a surgical specialist. If you're not a surgical specialist, um, I suggest Dr. David Holt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you, if, if uh, you happen to work in the area where Dr. Holt is working, probably a great person to refer your cases to. Um, yeah, but like do you can still do regular wound care. Like if the patient is stable, I I've definitely had cases referred to me before where, um, the veterinarian like just was not comfortable and that's okay. Like if, if you're not comfortable, like refer it, that's totally fine. But, um, if the animals I've, I've had some where the animals super stable, everything's okay. And they're just, they're worried that there's a tracheal tear and it's like, you can still go in and do normal wound care. Like you don't have to worry do about them. Like suck it in the needle or whatever. Um, sucking in the needle. I don't know if they're like breathing in, they're like, shoo, oh. like a vacuum. Yeah, no, that's unlikely to happen. Or like all the, I mean, the hold on to your stuff. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, no. Um, but you can see like, like if, if you're like flushing the wound or something, you might see air bubbles. That's where I think having them intubated with an endotracheal tube in is probably good to pre prevent them from inadvertently aspirating the fluids when you're cleaning the wounds out, but you still got to clean the wounds. Um, and, th and all that is just like we normally would do it. And again, if it's a huge tear in the trachea and you think this requires surgical repair, um, you know, and that's not something you're, you're, you know, feeling qualified for. Okay. Yeah. Then you're going to have to refer it somewhere else. But in order to keep that patient stable, you might have to keep them intubated and transporting intubated patients is always tough. And, um, you know, then there's all the other issues of can the people afford it? Do you have somebody in the area who you can refer to? And if not, like do your best with what you can, but it's wound care. Like it's, it's still the same kind of stuff. So I would encourage people to <clears throat> maybe be braver than they are naturally inclined to be in these cases and not treat tracheal tears as this, like, I can't touch it. I can't do anything okay. with it. Not necessarily. So what's the, like, what happens with the trachea? Can they like die from not getting enough oxygen yeah. and have like, yeah. What was it? Hypoxia? <clears throat> Is that right? Yeah. Hypoxia would be a thing. You're so smart. I totally. No so the medicine. biggest concern would be if there's a lot of swelling or damage to the normal anatomy that like causes an obstruction to airflow, which would lead to hypoxia. Good job. The other issue would be if there is so much damage to the tissue of the trachea that that tissue dies, you have to have a trachea. Like there's, there is no debating this. There's no like work around for this. And so particularly at like the top and the bottom, like right where the trachea splits into the larger airways. And then at the very, like right after the throat essentially, or like where um, the, the cartilages at the back of your mouth, um, the arytenoid cartilage and things like that, that it's going to be really hard to like fix those if that tissue dies. Um, and so <clears throat> 
keeping that tissue healthy and addressing that is going to be really important because if you lose the trachea, you lose the patient. Um, <clears throat> so keeping, keeping that patient healthy, keeping the wounds clean, um, removing bits of dead tissue so it doesn't spread is probably important. Again, if, if this is like, holy crap, this is, this is too much, like refer that to a surgeon. That's probably reasonable. Um, I just had a yeah. fun idea. Okay. What's your You're fun idea? You're just naming all these like body parts. Yes. And it's weird that like, you know, all like all the body parts. Every what if we, you know, the, the, <laughs> the funny bone song? Uh, the head bones, the head bones connected to, to that. Yeah. What if we did that with like all the parts of the body? And that sounds like, like a terribly boring song. The trachea is connected to the blah, blah, the <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Oh, blah. we could do that with like the circulation. We can start with just the circulation. Yeah. You just like do one for each system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You could sing this and it can be like, we can have a child's album. How about album. I write the lyrics and you sing them? No, you have to, you know what the words are. I'll but I will teach wrong. them to you. I will teach you how to pronounce them correctly. I, <laughs> I do all the weird sounds like when I'm trying to mimic like Strider and Sturder and you know what? I've done my part. I think it's time for you to stop. In <sighs> fact, we should probably leave it up to the listeners to decide. It'd probably be fun to do like a little like songs. animated video where it just like goes down. Beep, 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 beep. Yep. Um, no, I think we should, we should conduct a poll and I think we should allow the audience to chime in with who they would prefer to sing the songs um, about the ham bones connected to the whatever it is. A ham bone's different. Oh, that's, is it? That's ham bone, ham bone, ham bone. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's a different song. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll table that for the next show or a some future show. Yeah, we'll make a video for it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you've been wanting to make more fun videos. Um, uh, so that, I mean, that's kind of the gist of the chapter. There is obviously a lot more detail and there's some descriptions of like what you should be doing like surgically and some hints and, and, and tips. And again, it was a surgeon who wrote this chapter. So probably pretty good advice um, coming from that. So if you ever have a case and you're like, oh my gosh, there's some tracheal stuff. This is probably a good quick reference um, for you. If you're just like, I'm feeling overwhelmed. What do I do? This is a nice short chapter that would probably give you a good overview. Um, and yeah, that's kind of all I have. This that's wasn't it. a particularly long or involved chapter. So you ready for your game? You have a game? Yeah. What game are we playing? Yes! It's the backwards, backwards game. Yeah, I think we did this the last episode, but it's been it's a while been since we did. It's been a while, and it's my favorite. Yeah, I knew I you do, liked it. I do like this game a lot. Yeah, it's either this or the spelling bee. Spelling bee's more fun for you, I think. I think the backwards, backwards is fun for everyone. It's right, just so fun. Do all you right. remember how to use the app? Hang on, give me a quick refresher. All right, so you press. I'm pretty sure I just, yeah, I press record. Oh, yeah, let me make sure. My sound's on. Oh, I'll put that Hang on. Here. Come on, producer. All Produce. right, so you have to press record, and then you say it, and then you press play. But do I have to push something after I'm done recording? I can't remember. Oh, you press stop. So you okay. press record. Record, again. stop. And you need and to talk into the phone. Super. Where's the microphone on the phone? Uh, you just hold it near your face. So just act like you're on the phone. Like that? So yeah, it's probably down here. Okay. All right. What are the words, Tover? Are you ready? Yeah. Here's oh, the that's first right. One. Oh, that's right. Anesthesia. Anesthesia. Okay. Is anesthesia the is the word forward. What is it backwards? Here it is backwards. Ready. Okay. One more time. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Go for it. It's not working. It's, it's here. Fix it. I don't know. We're going to have to listen to it again because I need to, but it's going, I hit record and then immediately stops. Did you fix it? I'll turn it off and on again. Okay. 
Abby's very uh, bad with uh, I'm phones so and technology. I'm so good with technology. You clearly have not tr- done your troubleshooting and preparing it. I don't know what anyone's talking about. Um, okay. Yeah, it seems to work Is it working me. now? All yeah. right. Okay. So play that again because it's been a long time. Okay. Make sure you're talking to the phone. Okay. And now right, we play cool. it. And how does now, this work? Now you can play. You don't have to do it in the phone. Oh. And the microphone. Anesthesia. <gasps> that was so good. <laughs> play it again for everybody. Anesthesia. <laughs> Anesthesia. Anesthesia. That was really good. That was that was very good. I I don't think anybody would not know what I was saying there. Play one more time. Oops. Anesthesia. It's a little sing-songy. <laughs> Anesthesia. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That was so good. All right. Whew. All right. Next one. Next word. That was that was a winner. Balloon dilation. Balloon dilation. You okay. even said balloon. I did. Balloon. <laughs> balloon dilation. Okay. You ready for it backwards? Yep. She allowed. Oh, I wasn't. That buzzing was a little sensitive. I thought. <laughs> yeah. One. Well, yeah. She allowed. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You're going to have to do it again. Is she allowed? Is she allowed? Okay, you ready? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, now I am. Okay. All right, here it is. <laughs> okay, I heard not- blue. <laughs> Good as anesthesia. All right, let's play it again for people. It's like balloon one nation. <laughs> one more. <laughs> so maybe a little swear word at the end there. <laughs> Ooh, oh, all right. Baloo one nation. Okay. That's all right. obviously what it last was. All right, last one. Outcome and prognosis. Oh God, that's like a phrase. Yeah. Outcome and prognosis. Okay. <laughs> okay. Again. You really like narf. I don't really like. That's just how it is. How it sounds in my head. Okay. Outcome and prognosis. Here we go. Outcome with prognosis. Outcome and progresses. Progresses. Elephant with progresses. Elephant with progresses. <laughs> um, anesthesia was a winner. Um, now it was also the shortest one with only one word. Let's go back and play my anesthesia. Oh, we can't. It's gone oh, yeah, forever. It's on the phone well, somewhere. I mean, it's not gone forever, I guess, as we're recording this podcast. But um, yeah, anesthesia. Anesthesia. <laughs> it was very good. Oh. I do like that game a lot. And now my eyes are tearing up a little bit, which always happens. Um, I wonder if anybody else likes this game. I know, I know at least one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know at least one family Two. who listens. Okay. One family. One family who listens, who like it. Um, so I'll have to let them know. Hey, we did another backwards, backwards game. Um, what did we talk about today? Tracheal trauma. Tracheal trauma. <laughs> Chapter 19 in the Small Animal Critical Care Medicine book. And I uh, hope you enjoyed. This was another episode of Vet Books. And yeah, next time uh, Topher will have some songs ready for you. Probably not um, next time. Yeah, no, it won't be next time for sure. Um, but maybe sometime in the future. And if not, you should totally reach out and remind him that he is supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. 
All right, we'll catch you next time. Bye.